Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Critical Twits podcast, where today we talk about some spooky Halloween indie games for you to play on your computer. Ooh. Why have you come over all carry on camping? Yeah, cute thing, We're back. I'm Brian. And I'm Aaron. And Ooh. today... <laughs> Sorry. Like, you said that's staying in. Uh, <laughs> it's because I didn't say your surname. You, had yeah. your, you choked on your own surname. Shall I, I say surname? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Hopefully the uh, the spooky music has creeped you right out. And you're listening to this in the dark alone by the light of a lonely candle. That bleeds red as the wax oozes and drips. Sounds like my editing suite. <laughs> yes. We're good. How are you? <laughs> How have you been, Aaron? Yeah, all right, actually, considering it's supposed to be scary. Um, yeah. Oh, I should probably be telling people I'll be followed by a murderer or something, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about three indie games that you can pick up on a budget to mm. play this ha- Halloween, all of which are available on Steam. That doesn't mean you have to boil the kettle means you go on your PC and download some intrusive software. <laughs> mm, delicious intrusions. That's a weird summoning ritual. I shall boil the kettle and summon the creepy games. <laughs> Is it intrusive? It runs in the background. Yeah. It, it, it insists on starting up when the computer starts up, unless you untick a box. Yeah. It's one of those things where when you click the cross, it doesn't disappear. No. It just hides in the background. And that really winds me up with any kind of application. It's like a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you, Steam. Um, but we like Steam. It's got lots of games on it. Yeah. Some would say too many games. <laughs> Some of dubious quality. So we've taken it upon ourselves to suss them out for you. And all three of the games we've played, we kind of recommend. Yeah. Yeah. One maybe less so than the other two. Mm. So we're going to talk about Morph Girl which is a story-based game. Yeah. It's like the old FMV games. Yes. Uh, the full motion video games. Um, and kind of like that, and a bit of a visual novel, kind of choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, based on, very heavily drawing on Japanese horror tropes. Mm. Uh, we played Gloom, which is a roguelike... Lovecraftian... Black and white game of... Souls. Spooky, repetitive murder. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the deed in which a brave man sets out to boldly and nobly murder his sister and get away with it. <laughs> While hideously perving on everybody can, yeah. apparently. So this podcast will contain some spoilers. Yes. Now, you've got choice here. <laughs> you can run off and play these games yourself. Yeah. Uh, Gloom has no story, really. Uh, that can be spoiled. Yeah. Um, but the other two are very much drawing on story. Uh, or you can click across on the links that we have provided somewhere around wherever it is you're watching this. Yeah. And they'll probably ping up in the corner on the YouTube right about now. Or we'll try and link them. I'll try to remember to link them <laughs> um, if you're watching on SoundCloud. Uh, otherwise, quick Google of Critical Twits. Yeah. You'll find it on YouTube. It's cool. Um, we have done Let's Plays of all of these games. Mm. Um 
So you can always go and watch us play them for half hour, an hour, see what we think. Yeah. And then come back to us. We'll wait. It's fine. Welcome back. How are you? That was a quick hour, two and I, a half. I assume they clicked pause. Oh, yeah. I suppose they can do that, yeah, can't I they? Didn't they have control of time, which we do not. A real kind of an actual two-hour pause might vex some of our more <laughs> steadfast, less steadfast listeners. So, yeah. We're going to talk about um, these indie horror games and then maybe talk a little bit as we go about other games, what come up as we go. Yeah. And horror games in general, and maybe indie games in general. Yeah. So stick around. It's going to be fun. So we'll start with Morph Girl. Mm. Morph Girl. I quite liked Morph Girl. Yeah. I'm just finding I... out who it was by and whatnot. I wasn't sure on the ending we got. Yes, but yeah. it isn't the only ending. So if you're yeah, if you're worried about spoilers uh, for Morph Girl, it's very much a story-based game. But there are six uh, six endings. We only got one, mm-hmm. and it cost us two hundred and ninety-nine pence, which is not a lot of pence actually. No, and it took us about an hour to play through. Yeah, although we were reading bits out loud. Yeah, in so. outrageous accents. <laughs> um, although not as outrageous as some of the other games we've played. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you could always play it again, get some of the other endings, mm. and we'll talk about the ending more towards the end of this section. <gasps> Shocking. Or maybe the middle, <laughs> just to mix it up. <laughs> uh, it's developed by J Deb, J A Y D E B. Mm. Uh, it's the only game that they've done what is on Steam uh, but yeah it's a bit, bit bargain bit of a bargain game I think the the best way to describe it is her story meets the ring yeah yeah I think that fits quite nicely I'm hoping I came up with that myself I can't remember where I may have stolen it from <laughs> um, if it was uh, if it wasn't me uh, but yeah it's um it's got the the FMV. So the, uh, in the nineties, way back then, yeah. uh, full motion video games were kind of a big thing. The one I th- think I know the most about is Night Trap. Oh God, yeah, Night Trap. Yeah. Where you were a security guard watching half naked women through <laughs> security cameras and trying to save them from some random murdering perverts that were breaking into the building. They were vampires. Were they vampires? Yeah. They, they just had like... Cause they like giant military vacuum gear clean. on. Yeah, vacuum cleaners. Va- they had vacuum They had gear. weird like pipe things that they, they attacked people. So they yeah. were running towards semi-naked women with their pipes out. <laughs> I can see why it was... It got brought up in the um, house... Not the Houses of Commons. That's ours. <laughs> <laughs> the American version. The American version. Congress. That's... Congress. Mmm, Congress. I was wondering why Congress was... But, oh, it's because... Politicians fuck you over, isn't it? That's yeah. why it's yeah. yeah. They have Congress with you. I'm just uh, trying to see if there's any other other games like that that were. I suppose the, the there was, Dragon's Lair was a bit like that in the sense it was in the yeah the, on the video art. clips and then you did little bits and pieces. Yeah, there was there was absolutely tons. I can't remember the name of them now. Mega CD had loads. There yeah. was a load of Link games that were very similar. Well. Ish in in the past as well. It, as soon as the advent of the CD came across, like, oh, we can stick video clips on this, and everything had random video clips in. Yeah. Um, Road Fury might have been another one, I think. Cool. Where you basically had a car running, doing a chase sequence. It's getting quite obscure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phantasmagoria. 
Don't Phantasmagoria. Phantasmagoria. That one. Yeah. That's a... Um, again, featuring live action actors footage mm-hmm. and then you do little bits and pieces and, yeah. and kind of make your way through it. Uh, quite interesting. Um, Phantasmagoria costs four and a half million dollars to develop. Which was three point seven million dollars over budget. <laughs> um, well, at least we've got hope that Morph Girl didn't go into that kind of budget, considering what they're selling it for. So yeah, they they might be disappointed in trying to make their uh, <laughs> trying to make their money back on that budget. So yeah, I think it's kind of a genre that died. Yeah. A bit like point and click adventures. Yeah, they they died horribly. I think FMV stuff. Cameras have got better, which I think is bad because now you need to have really good sets and props and yeah. makeup and such like. The, uh, the um, codec encryption's a lot better as well. It used to be really grainy bad footage on top of already having bad VHS cameras. Yeah, which kind of helps hide some sins. Mm. But it costs money to hire people what do the acting what you need. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. It, it's. I think it's sort of coming back. I think her story. I really enjoyed her story. Mm. I, it was very divisive. Lots of people saying this is not a game. This is not what video games are. No one jumped on a banana. <laughs> That's a different thing altogether. Um, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Um, These people expect a certain amount of interaction and control. Yeah. Whereas I think if you interact with something and it, you play something. It's yeah. a game, even if that's limited. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Morph Girl wasn't massively interactive. There were choices to be made, mm-hmm. and a couple of bits we had options of where to go. Yeah, uh, but mostly it was in that kind of that visual novel style. Yeah. So, what I thought was interesting is that you're watching these these little clips, mm. um, and they were quite short, and they'd repeat if you took time to make your yeah thing. And it was in black and white, which I think again hides some of the. Sins, yeah, a little, yeah. a little bit grainy. Was done in the style of like a VHS kind of tape. It even makes the clunk at the beginning of yes. the, you know the old ones where you push in <laughs> the toaster style yeah. VHS things. <clears throat> um, so it, it kind of had that kind of last generation or couple generations ago of technology feel to it. Mm. Uh, but it did have some vivid reds and blood was involved. Yeah, which really I thought was a, out. It was a nice touch. And I quite liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't have any voiceover. No. So there was lots of bits where Aaron and I reading it out as we're playing. Yeah. Um, and you find, I mean, you find written short stories that, uh, that that are part of the game world. We'll come to that in a minute. But mm. like the character would often, there was no talking at all. No. Which is weird because you expect kind of talking. But there was only one character sort of yeah there's yeah. two there's only one character really in the game mm-hmm. and that lack of sound or that lack of spoken word at least yeah kind of emphasized the character's loneliness which i kind of yeah i kind of, yeah i definitely felt the same to be yeah. honest i mean i suppose you could have voice acted it but you would have needed to be very confident that your voice acting was yeah of the right and if you're level. looping a clip then that voice acting will go round and round and potentially it kind of maybe loses some of it yeah so the story of the game is that you play a young woman uh, who has lost her wife yes and to cancer yeah and it's coming up to the anniversary of her death 
and she isn't coping very well. She isn't doing very well at work. She seems depressed. It's never said. No. But she seems rather depressed. Um, yeah, she's spending she a lot of time looking at old pictures or watching yeah. her um, her wife's old videos. She's following a routine every day, but not actually attempting to do anything outside of it. She's yeah. isolating herself. Not following through on her work and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then some creepy shit starts to happen mm. that's a bit similar to a short story she's finding bits of around the house. Yeah. I quite liked this. Yes. It was a bit slow to start with. Um, each day, It's done over a series of days and each day starts with kind of like a weird image flashing up for a second. Yeah. But then it was quite it was quite subsumed, and then things started to get stranger and stranger as the days progressed. Mm. And yeah, I think it it started to ratchet up the tension quite a bit. There are a few yeah. times where we go, I don't want to go in there, don't want to do this, yeah. don't want to have a look. Yeah, don't definitely. Don't want to see what's going on. And I think because there was such a disparity between that and the regular routine that it got on you a little. You know, it's not for so long that you're getting bored of it, but it's, it's there enough for you to get settled in, yeah, and get used to her routine. And then these, yeah, weird stuff starts happening. You've got to make the choice to kind of interact with, yes, and you kind of get stuck in that. It's mm. that that sort of depressive mentality of like, well, I, I just want to carry on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to ignore all the other stuff that's happening. I don't want to deal with it, yeah, or forcing the character to try and overcome it by doing something, yeah. But doing that stuff could be worse and horrible yeah uh, yeah i quite like that i thought that was clever yeah and the game's kind of got two different layers to it because you've got these video bits during the day but when the character goes to sleep she dreams mm. about what happened and she sort of, you sort of essentially have a flashback but it's written yeah and you make choices about what the character did in certain situations yeah now some of those choices especially towards the end of the game are fairly brutal yeah and unpleasant yeah, yeah. To make, but totally in fitting with the situation that they've established yes. of someone who's dying and and such like. Yeah, it's, it's not played for anything other than to deal with the horrificness of that situation. It's yeah. not, not played up as something else. It's quite real in that respect, which, again, nice disparity between that and the horror side of things that happens in other parts. Yeah, so there's... I found some of the choices just on the text mm. side of things in the dreams, I found them quite horrific as well. Yes. And yeah. You get that thing of, oh, I kind of know where this is going mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to choose. Yeah. But then if you're in the situation, for instance, where someone is dying and you're, there's no hope and they're obviously suffering, there is a choice maybe that could be, uh, could be made. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had, Relatives turn around to me and say, you know, if I'm that we'll be watching something on, I don't know, say dementia, where there's someone who doesn't know who they are anymore, someone that's really badly injured in a car crash and they're not in control anymore, and and yeah. you know they're in a coma or or whatever, and there's no hope, and they've turned around to me and said, if I ever end up like that, please pull the plug on me. Yeah, and yeah. I've been like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I want to put my fingers in my ears and go la 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 <laughs> and think about bunnies for a bit yeah um, and it really zeroes in on those those horrible choices that have to be made when someone is ill yeah and when these things 
because they could happen to any of us i think i think the kind of horror in that sense is very mundane mm. but therefore very affecting because you can see yourself in that situation yeah it's kind of unpleasant <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah which is why i quite like that being the the other side of the horror to this game yeah is uh, look, here's the creepy horror typical stuff that you know and here's the very real situational stuff yeah and i tend to find that stuff scarier yeah yeah definitely. well I, I tend to find it upsetting more i find supernatural stuff is the kind of stuff that has me not wanting to look in the mirror in case something jumps out of it yeah <laughs> um i used to have a big thing when i was um, when I was little, but like we're now in a we're now in a very bright room at night, <laughs> and the windows are dark. Yeah, so you can't see what's beyond the windows. And I always used to have this thing of like this fear of looking across and seeing a face in the window, especially yeah. like, as you turn the light out and then suddenly like the glass works properly again, works both ways, or yeah. it, the light and there's suddenly someone there. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that would fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> Just the thought of it when I was a kid was like, no. And I used to have a thing about my, my reflection. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't, I mean, you know, look at me. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to see my, like, reflection, like, do something it shouldn't. Yeah. There's been a study, actually, um, where if you get people to stare at their own reflection for long enough, mm. the brain gets, like, wibbled out and it will do something. Really? Yeah, that it, like, causes a glitch if you just stare at your own reflection. Ooh. I think it's like... Like sixty percent of people reported that it did something. Yeah, I would never have volunteered for any of those experiments because I'd be smashing the mirror and <laughs> exiting this world. I think <laughs> it's after me. Um, so yeah, so you've got that that kind of that mundane horror counterpointed by the supernatural horror, mm. very much taken from things like The Grudge and The Ring. It has the creepy girl with long hair that seems kind of damp can't see her face yeah. doing creepy things around the house <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff uh coming coming alive out the bath i think yes yes he'd be birthed from the bath yeah. yeah blood coming out the bath and all sorts of stuff and i really quite like the way the main character deals with the bath because <laughs> there's an option to just go there's a, ba- a bath bath full of blood and there's an option to just go, no, <laughs> close the door and pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Which is, if we're talking about these themes of grief, is a thing that people do. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially if someone is, is ill um, or something in a relationship is wrong more generally, you just kind of plough through and pretend it's not happening because mm-hmm. you can't face it. Yeah. You know, that denial. Is denial the first stage of guilt? The stages of grief... Guilt, oh, grief, not guilt. Yeah, they I'm aren't really a thing. Are they not? Yeah, it's based on false information, but okay. certain elements of it do exist within. As, is it more sort of those things? People can manifest those things, but it's not always in that order. Yeah, it's not in that order. Yeah. It, they don't always manifest those things, but it is definitely a, a, a sign of. Well, it's a sign of depression as well as grief. To be fair, I mean they're very similar mimics, but it's yeah, yeah, definitely, it de- definitely highlighted that aspect very well which is one of the things I quite liked about it it did feel like it was written by somebody who has an understanding of grief or depression yeah yeah um, which added probably another level of sort of horror to it personally because it felt like I was reading uh, almost like uh, if you ever read the, the The Crow read The Crow yeah or As in looked the, at it. The, the, no, yeah, no, you read you read a graphic novel. Yeah, well, it, it's more pictures in in the graphic novel than it is words. No, no, I've never i've I've watched the film, mm. 
loads. I was a I was a teenage goth. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a teen I was a teenage dirtbag, but I didn't like Iron Maiden. Yeah, no. And thus Nina Savari would have <laughs> Turn me down and I'd still have been alone I've read the comic for, for The Crow yes and um, grief must be a big thing in The Crow because doesn't his, his girlfriend stroke wife yeah well his, his actual fiance did That's, get killed yeah. in a hit and run accident and he, he the guy who wrote The Crow yeah. yeah yeah fucking hell and then he became quite close friends with Brandon Lee just before he died as well so both of these are very much aspects of his career. Jesus but th- it's it, probably it too reads... late but I want to reach out to this guy yeah he's yeah. a guy isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, James O'Barr I think his name is mm. um, good words. but it, he wrote it afterwards as he was basically go, dealing with his grief okay. of losing so he and wanted... not having any kind of uh, he, yeah, they never caught the guy who did the hit and run so it's, yeah, it's no, a, almost a revenge fantasy? Yes, but it's, there's a sort of flipping every now and then. Some of the pages are dedicated to sort of basically his past with her. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's all, all nice and bright and jo- happy drawings and stuff like that and, and, and then it's images. And then dark. horrible revenge fantasies and stuff. And it kind of flips back and forth. So but you're basically reading through his grief. It's a bit like this. You've got dual narratives taking place in two different timelines. Yes. Well, um, I don't feel it's original anymore. <laughs> no, but I don't think for a game. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, but I think when dealing with grief, particularly, you do have those kind of dual aspects where you're constantly reliving. She did the memories of the positive past yeah. and trying to reflect and hold on to that because you haven't got mm. that anymore, and then dealing with horribleness afterwards. Yeah, I think it's quite a heavy game. If you're if you have recently lost someone, mm. I wouldn't suggest playing it. No, no. Um, it might be cathartic for someone. Potentially, based on the ending that we got, I wouldn't say so. Um, so to now spoil the ending that we got, one of six. Mm. The ending that we got involved us embracing this monstrous creature that rose up from the bloody bath and was kind of haunting the house and, and making tea, and making tea <laughs> and leaving notes on the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> but also being really sinister in a kind of yeah. ring kind of way. We 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 went for the creature. We were like, yes, let's hold the creature's hand, let's hug it, let, let's yeah. adapt, take the creature in, and it didn't turn out to be our wife. No, it turned out to be kind of a parasitic. Manifestation of grief that slowly drained us and killed us. Yeah. And we did all the things that our wife wanted. Yeah. After she was gone with this weird creature. And then it killed us and we died. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. I mean yeah. that was that was fairly bleak. Yeah. It wasn't the ending I saw I thought would come it I was expecting some sudden outburst of violence. Yes, I I genuinely expected this this thing to kill her yeah um, yeah it's kind it's of been my that was conditioned. that was my prediction that i mentioned i was going to predict at the end that i yes. never actually did yeah. i wrote down is we'll, we'll um we'll murder her at the end kind of yeah thing. um in, in a seemingly loving way yes <laughs> yeah yeah okay so but that might be one of the other endings that could be a different ending couldn't it, it yeah and it'll be interesting to see because we could have gone and got a knife before going and embracing the creature yeah we could presumably have used that knife on it in fear I, I, I don't know yeah. we, didn't, we didn't go that direction it would have been quite easy for us to go back to the save games and play, play around with it yeah it's one of those things knowing there's six endings there's a part of me that wants to go and play it again Yes. There's also a part of me that wants to leave it exactly as it is because it told that story and that's the story that I've got now. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm always like that with I these. I was tempted to look at the other endings on YouTube before recording this, mm. and I decided not to because I didn't want to ruin my. Because you, you you've given it its complete circle. You yeah, don't feel like it had anything else. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I'm not gem. I love story based games. Mm. Ones with very different endings. I'm not. I don't know. I like to make my choices and live with them, and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah, same. It depends, and if I can play a completely different character throughout the game. Yeah. At that point, I don't mind so much. But if I've played a game with a particular character, then I, I want that yeah. character story. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I've played a few. Some games, like some of the bigger games, I think, um, or less story-based games, things like Fallout. Mm. Fallout 2 I've played as a good guy and a bad guy. Well, yeah. a good girl and a bad girl. Yeah. Woman. Woman, that's what they're called. Yes. <laughs> ladies um, and that was quite that was interesting to but I played them years apart yes yeah and so it was kind of like I was enough to go right cool that's kind of that's the thing I'm now going to explore it differently and it's almost it's a bit like picking up an old favourite book again yeah and reading it again but then you're kind of free to explore it differently mm. but I wouldn't rush to play something through the other way no um trying to think of any other games i've done that way i played mass effect as both a paragon and a renegade yeah so uh, but only the first one i played the first two as both mm. and then i haven't got around to doing the third I one i carried on yet. paragoning number two and then i played the first 20 minutes of number three and didn't like it yeah and so wandered off it's in my pile of games probably never gonna play it and yeah, there's some good moments in it, but if you didn't like the first 20 minutes, then it's not going to... But I loved the other uh, hundreds of hours. I played yeah. Mass Effect 1 through twice. Yes, I, I've, I've played 1 and 2 through multiple times mm. because I'm just enamoured with this, the way it's set up and everything else, but 3 yeah. just, just felt a little rushed. A bit crap, isn't it? Well, it has that crappy ending controversy. I mean, here we are, cutting edge news, four years yeah. later or whatever it is. But uh, I can't actually blame the writers for that because the original plot actually got leaked and they had to change all of it last minute. Just I don't know why they didn't just stick with the leaked plot. follow through. Yeah, just stick yeah. with it. It would have been so much better. So they rushed, but... Yeah. The writer wanted something original for people to have a connection no, with no, and so couldn't write it in the time frame. You don't finish a 150-hour story by writing a new ending at the last minute. Yeah, it just doesn't it, work. If it holds together as a work of art, it should funnel towards an, an inevitability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. doesn't mean to say that, that there can't be twists and turns, but, yeah, yeah. but it should all make sense. I, I, think <laughs> the, I think the inevitability would have been the same in both ways, but the the surrounding aspects of it would have fitted better. Yeah. There would have been less of a, oh, it's mm. a big evil wibbly thing and more of a, mm. oh God, I actually understand why this thing is doing this. Mm. Maybe that, that is the right choice, which is, I think, was where they were supposed to be going with it. Yeah. Before we um, we finish up with Morph Girl, mm. you, have you played her story? I played it with you and a friend yes. around the house and I have a copy of it ready to play with my wife when she's feeling up for it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because she quite likes police procedural type stuff, so I thought she'd be interested in Link yeah. Through. But yeah, I've got... Again, it's one of those things where people say it's not really a game, and I'm like, yes, it is. It tells yeah. a story, and you get to shape that with your choices. That's a game. Yeah. There, yeah. There's interaction. Yeah. I mean, you essentially only need one point of interaction and choice to make a game. Yeah, theoretically. You might feel mugged off by it if yeah, it's only yeah. one, but there, there's a lot of... 
I liked the investigating and um, one of us was typing and the other one was making writing down notes. clues, making notes and trying to draw things together yeah. and, and all sorts of stuff. Which um, made you kind of role play the person that was doing the investigation that you were supposed to be in the game. Yeah, you were playing someone who was looking back and and it, it hung together really, really well. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing you go back and play again. No, but... Because that is, once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Although there are still bits of it I haven't seen. Hmm. So it might be worth uh, doing. We may, we could play it. I could. Yeah, yeah. I could sit and make terrible suggestions to throw you off track. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's good. So, would you say <laughs> that Morph Girl is a is a game? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if it's got multiple endings. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to watch a movie and then make a choice halfway through about which ending you get. They've Do done. They have done it with one film, but it didn't work. Is that Cluedo? The Cluedo film had multiple Cl- No, actually, no, it's not Cluedo I'm well, thinking Clue. of. Clue. Clue worked because Clue was set up to be very silly. Clue, so. is, Clue is Cluedo. Yeah. Yeah. Were you thinking of something else then? Oh, I'm trying to think. There, there was another film that was released where they had like the, the alternative ending that you could pick instead of. And I uh, think I heard somebody say that the Scott Pilgrim movie, one of the editions, randomised which ending you got. Oh, uh, okay. Um... But that doesn't make it a game because you're not interacting with it. It's choosing for you. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's, it's a game. Yeah, you yeah. get it on DVDs sometimes. Yeah. But it's, there's it's, no choice. Do I watch which that ending or that ending? Yeah. It's not. I am a character. I have, do I I'm stab him? Do I not? Do this, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like. I mean, it's it's obviously story based. If you like, if you don't like story based games with minimum interaction, mm. um, don't bother. If you like visual novels. Um, which is kind of like a new genre, isn't it? Yeah, like it's a new thing. Not new, but it's a new it, category. Yeah, we yeah. talked about this in a previous podcast, but lots of old school shit has yeah. come back because it's now possible to make these kinds of games much, much cheaper. Yes, yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, with this, I mean, you, you film it in black and white. You, you, you have put a, a filter on it to yeah. make it look VHS y with the scan lines, yeah. and you kind of, that's it. Yeah, bit, bit programming, bit programming knowledge yeah. to do the choices yeah it's not so tricky unlike phantasmagoria mm, circularity because <laughs> um, i was trying to work out how it cost four and a half million dollars mm. um how much do you think the studio they built specifically for the game cost it cost four and a half about a million one and a half million dollars how many actors do you think it had mm, eight 25 okay how many backgrounds do you think it had 12 so an average game at the time had 80 to 100. This is all from Wikipedia. It might be bollocks. Uh, at 80 to 100, Phantasmagoria has a 1,000 backgrounds. Jesus Christ. Um, they had a professional Hollywood special effects studio. <laughs> and this is my favourite. This is what I was building um, up to. The musical score... So, this game is massively over budget. Uh-huh. The musical score includes a neo-Gregorian chant performed by a 135-voice choir. <laughs> That, that's amazing, but yeah. also completely pointless. So, do we think that Morph Girl is a critical hit or a critical miss? A uh, critical hit for me. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it took us uh, 45 minutes to yeah. an hour, maybe just over an hour, I think, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be less if we weren't reading the, vo- the yeah, bits out. Yeah. Um, for three for three quid... I'm not going to complain paying that for that. It's the, if you play it through a couple of times, you've got a movie's worth of entertainment out of it. Yeah. And you've been more involved. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing you can sit 
I liked sitting and talking about which choices to make with you. That's yeah, quite, yeah, it was it was fun sitting on my own. Maybe not so much. It did creep me out a little bit. Mm. I had that feeling of there might be something behind me. Yeah, as we were were playing it. Yeah, yeah. Tension was definitely there. Yeah, no, definitely recommend it. Excellent. So that's a critical hit. We shall move on then Mm. to our second game. Our second game is called Gloom, and it's about as different as you could get Mm. uh, and still be a game. Uh, It's from Hunchback Studios, self-published, and costs £699. So it needs to be at least three and a third times as good to justify its money. (laughs) Gloom is a side-scrolling, roguelike, I suppose it's like almost like a, a Metroidvania-ish kind of thing. It's it's garnered comparisons with games like Dark Souls. Because anything um, that does these things does. Yeah. It's the, the story, such as it is, is that you are a dreamer. So you enter the dream world and you're trying to fight your way out of it encountering all sorts of Lovecraftian monsters and such like on the way. Mm. Um, We've only, we've both played it. I played it on my own for the channel because it wasn't particularly scary. If something's really scary, then I won't play it on my own. (laughs) Um, We only played the beginning, which seemed to be sort of you're going through a ruined city with some kind of cult, lots of figures in robes. Um demonic looking dogs and you sort of finish in a church fighting some kind of summoned monster yeah um but there are other other levels there's um some more sort of like wooded levels some more sort of apocalyptic looking Hmm. areas as well and it has that kind of randomized run feel so it's the kind of game where you'll play it you'll die your game's over but you'll play it again and some of the currency converts over you learn a thing called tokens which you can use to get randomized extra stuff um and yeah you're it's one of those games it's very sort of twitch reflex based Mm -hmm. you've got rolling out the way of the monsters making you invulnerable for a second while you're rolling um and you've got these randomized things so you might play one game and you might collect a spear and a shotgun you might collect play another game and never get any weapons but get loads of weird items that Yes. Um, mix with how you how you play and sort of mess up what you're doing hmm. um, so yeah so there is a video of us playing it the story is trying to be told in that kind of Dark Souls style isn't it where it's not it, it's little interactions with weird characters yeah and then flavour text yeah. on items that you can look up in the Necronomicon <laughs> book of the dead yes I would have liked them to have called it the Aneronomicon it yeah. be the Book of Dreams mm. in Latin. Yeah. yeah, it would have been much better. You can have that one for free. Pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have worked better. So, um, yeah, I played it a few weeks ago. You played it for sort of 20 minutes today. What, what mm. did you think as you were playing it? Um, it reminded me a lot of The Binding of Isaac, actually. With that randomised thing. It's not yeah. top-down like The Binding of Isaac. No, no, it's like a 2D side-scroller, like I said. Yeah. Metroidvania-style Um things yeah we i played dead cells on the channel recently yes. and it's very similar very very similar yes yeah it's not quite the same game no um but it's very similar yeah um yeah i was surprised about how brutal the deaths end up being in respect to you do properly start again and those tokens give you very little to 
restart yeah, with. And you're not getting you're not guaranteed a token on a run. No. So you spent like three tokens in one go, got loads of stuff, got quite far and died. Yeah. And then came back and had no tokens and had to start again from scratch. Yes. Because uh, the items that you're collecting with these are quite useful. You have uh, weapons. Yeah, you have guns and melee weapons. Most of you'll be using melee weapons. Mm-hmm. The guns have limited ammo. And also serve as your deflector. Yeah, so you can parry and you use a bullet. Mm-hmm. You sort of have a shield rather than... Yeah. I thought it was going to be like Bloodborne, where you kind of shot someone yes. and stun them, but it doesn't really work like that. No, no. Uh, but you also have a selection of weird items that you can collect that mm. alter your stats, that change change things up. Yeah. Uh, there's some quite cool stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some very overt references to other horror games and yes. horror films, horror books, um, like the Lament configuration <laughs> from Hellraiser is in there. I think it's called something else. Yeah. But that's in there. There's what I quite like is each of them has a little story. Yeah, well, you they're like little. little short, but they're quite <laughs> chunky. Yeah, like Dark Souls does it by giving you a hundred words maximum on the thing. This yeah. is giving you like a proper piece of flash fiction, like five, six, seven hundred words of yeah. stuff. And I've noticed that well, I haven't got very far and unlocked much, but the stories are starting to overlap, and some of the characters are recurring, and some of the names are being referenced, Ooh. and and that kind of thing and it is creating a sense of mystery about you know what is this place and what's going on yeah um, which is alright yeah I found that quite intriguing there yeah. were there were a couple of things I wasn't too too fond yeah. of yeah before you get into the stuff you're not too fond of then the other thing I really like I like the art style it's yes, in black and white and shades of grey so it has a very very ethereal. Almost ethereal dreamlike quality and the music is really really good yeah. there's a really nice atmosphere as you're playing it the, mm. the visuals and the sound combine and it's quite you know, it kind of kind of draws draws you in quite yes. nicely yeah but what didn't you like well part of the problem was the black and white setting not not massively for for the most part there's a stark contrast between the blacks and whites so any yeah. attacks come up in bright white but they'll be dark black yeah there were a couple of occasions where the enemies just completely disappeared to the background and were impossible to see. Yeah, all the characters are silhouettes. And they're quite expressive silhouettes oh, with yeah, bright yeah. white eyes. But yeah, they can sort of merge together because it's just black on black. Yeah. There was also, um, I mean, you mentioned this, but I had problems with it as well, the stamina bar being grey Yeah, on a grey sky. Any game that has um, a stamina bar and a hit point bar immediately gets compared to Dark Souls now especially if it's mm. tricky and this was a tricky game oh, yeah, neither definitely. of us managed to complete the first level no we didn't kill the first boss we both had a couple goes at it yeah you much quicker than me I think you're better at these things than I am <laughs> um, although I was trying to talk and be entertaining at the yeah it tends to make things harder to be fair yeah depends what you're talking about <laughs> um, but yeah so so the hel- hit point bar is bright white the, the stamina bar is grey and can kind of blend into the background a little bit. Yeah. And I kept forgetting it was there and then going to roll out the way and getting shot in the face because I hadn't yeah. been, been managing it. It, it wasn't quite obvious enough. But, you know, you really should be memorising how many of each move you can make to do certain things anyway, which is normally how you play these games. Yes. So yeah. it's not a huge, massive but deal. I suppose because you're getting a randomised weapon each time. I mean, there are merchants and you can buy stuff. Mm-hmm. But because you're getting a randomised um, weapon, you might get really good with the spear and then die and then not see it again for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, it's true. 
So you don't necessarily get the amount of time to memorise the patterns that you'd expect. Yeah. And the thing I, I had with it is I got to the end of the first level and fought a boss. It was a really cool boss. It was a guy chained up in a church. Mm. And someone came along and shot it down. Uh, and it attacked me and it had all these like crazy teleportation moves and throwing orbs of power at me. That's why I assume they are. Yeah. And I died, but I was like, I kind of got a little bit of a hand, handle on that. Yeah. Got to the boss room again and they summoned a giant satanic dog, scorpion, goat thing. Yeah. Which fought completely differently. Yeah. And you're not getting that time to... It's quite cool. They've got. I think there's three bosses for each section. It's really interesting. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's like I kind of want to fight the one boss lot, so I can learn to learn it. Yeah, that's something. Games like Dark Souls and a lot of these these Metroidvania, for the better term, kind of games, you do the same thing over and over and get better and better at it. And I got to the point where I was quite good at killing the minions that Mm -hmm. are on the way. But then I get a different boss each time, and I'm like, ah, I've got to change my think, and now I'm dead. Yeah. And sometimes turning up with a completely random loadout. Yeah. Like I found a, I found, oh, um, during the thing, I I found something that your luck makes you much much better, and then I found another thing that, that rearranged my stats, and I had no luck. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Really I've got helps. two items that do nothing; they cancel <laughs> each other out. Yeah. I suppose that's the random. Next yeah, time. which which is what reminded me of the Binding of Isaac because that's very similar. The bosses mm. can be a bit randomised. The items are, can always be completely different, and sometimes don't do anything helpful. So, yeah. I mean, I found because I played a bit of the Binding of Isaac, and I felt like you could tell about one level in if you were going to have a good run or not. If you got good stuff at the start, yeah, then you snowballed. If you get a load of crap at the start, you you've got. A- awful run yeah and there's no real heal he, any kind of healing is randomized in this so if you yeah. make a couple mistakes in the first couple areas against some of the the lesser creatures it can still hit you quite hard mm. you've kind of screwed up the whole run so yeah. sometimes i was kind of like going through the motions going well i'm not going to be able to beat the boss yeah i know it's my fault for making a mistake but it's it's hard to it feels like the game's punishing you potentially unnecessarily yeah. I can see that frustrating there's, people there's potions that, that, that can heal you that you can spend currency on and buy one mm-hmm. and they're fairly consistent in popping up at the merchant sometimes they don't heal you at all and sometimes they mess around with your stats Yeah, and it's kind of like okay yeah, right. I, I don't know what's happening, but I suppose that fits in with the sort of mythos. You are in a Lovecraftian universe. You don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I think the thing I feel this game is missing. It has lots of. It's very combat focused, mm. and I quite liked the combat. I know you found it a lack of feedback when you get hit. Yes, I, I found the rest of the combat really good. Though. It's really responsive. It's really yeah, tw- twitchy. If yes. you like, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, as long as you haven't run out of stamina <laughs> um, but what I don't like is like playing Dead Cells which again, there's a video of you can ping hopefully mm-hmm. we've got enough pings left to ping you over there um, you've got you've got that and it, and it had combat mm. but it also had exploration yeah and there were sort of secrets to be found so you could like hit a wall and it turns out to be a secret door yeah um, you can jump around. There's platforming bits to go with it. This is just literally walking left to right and fighting the thing. Yeah. But like you've got to jump, but it's used to just jump over attacks and stuff. There's mm-hmm. no 
there's no sort of platforming element to it as well so it's, it's kind of a little bit too basic for me to recommend it wholeheartedly if you're a fan of this kind of game yeah or you you just want the fighting yeah yeah um you know there's nothing wrong with that part of it and it, it looks beautiful it does the, yeah it makes lovely noises as well i like the noises what yeah. it makes but it just doesn't have it just feels a little bit there's just not enough there for a little, little too minimalist yeah which yeah. i know is a bit <laughs> a bit hypocritical coming from we just talked about a game where you click a couple of choices throughout it and that's the minimalized interactions yeah but you're kind of enjoying that for just the story the sake story the, the impact those choices make yeah whereas you don't feel like your choice have any impact in this no. which fits again with the Lovecraftian kind of mythos yeah. that is well written around it yeah there's some there's some there's some good stuff in there they're very much drawing on um some of the sort of it feels like they're drawing on some of the king in yellow mm. stuff which isn't Lovecraft uh, it's Robert W Chambers and it kind of slightly predates it but then had kind of been used they all kind yeah. of borrowed bits and pieces and, and yeah stuff like. it has that kind of feel to it the kind yeah. of creepy dreams in the parallel world um and then i mean there's some overtly cthulhu cthulian yeah yeah monsters yeah. in there with the wings and the tentacles on their faces mm-hmm. and stuff that we didn't get to but i've seen in the in the trailer yeah i just think if you're wanting a game to spend lots of time with you'd be better off playing Dead Cells. Now, Dead Cells costs twice as much, but it's still only 14 quid. Yeah. And there's a lot more to it. There's more layers to the gameplay. Yeah. There's not really a story in Dead Cells. No. Um, You're a big part of goo and you keep coming back. Cool. Pretty much as much as I worked out. If you want this kind of combat with a much stronger... A, partly the, the... If you want to dip with the exploration but also you wanted perhaps less of the randomization and more of that kind of that dark souls feel of actually being an rpg rather Mm. than a sort of pseudo rpg where you've got the stats of an rpg but the items are random and they don't hang around yeah um but you like the side scrolling stuff Uh, salt and sanctuary is a great game yeah that's true it's very good hard as balls yeah fossilized balls <laughs> yeah um but that might might be a yeah i mean that's quite creepy i didn't say i was ever scared by it no but i wasn't scared by gloom because no. i'm playing the game i'm not lost in a story my decisions moment to moment aren't do the horrible thing or not do the horrible it's thing it's survive yeah it's jump hit hit roll yeah recover stamina and you doesn't sort of creep me out no, 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 no. I think if you got quite far, you might get that that Dark Souls dread of oh shit, if I lose, if I die, yeah, back to the beginning kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's a very different, different kind of fear, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's more of a gaming fear rather than any kind of real repercussions in the yes. real world, which is why a lot of other horror games have taken away your ability to interact in the real world. I mean, Amnesia got rave reviews when that came out. Yeah, a first person game where you can't fight. You can mm. only run away and hide in corners mm. because you haven't got that gaming. Oh, I didn't do this right, kind of thing. I just it's need like, to oh, save shit, the oh, ammo shit. for the rocket launcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they've just released that on PS Plus. Yes, the yeah, both of them, which mm. I immediately downloaded. I have and haven't played because Aaron needs to come around and keep me company while I play it. Yes, I yeah. get freaked the fuck out. 
I've told the story I think before on the podcast but it was a long while ago but the first time I played that I was playing it in the dark on my own at midnight with headphones on noise cancelling ones and I was being chased by some weird invisible creature in a room full of water so I could hear it splashing behind me I was running away trying to find somewhere to hide to get away from it and just as I heard it come tr- ch- uh, smashing through the door behind me my cat jumped in my lap and I screamed like a little girl nice <laughs> Um, did you wake up the other denizens of the house? Uh, surprisingly, no. Ah. Uh, which Good to know that if you were horribly murdered in your house, your, yeah, yeah. your wife would sleep through it. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least she wouldn't be stressed by it. It's fine. Yeah, hopefully they'd have tripped over the cat on the way in and you'd get away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've tripped over your cats many a time. Yeah, he's broken my toe before now. That's because he told me you're a cunt. Yeah, it's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Gloom, I, I enjoyed it while I was playing it. Yes. But yeah. I've not got any great urge to plough on and, and play it loads more. No, that, so, that 20 minutes was fulfilling. I had, I did have yeah, fun. It's not a bad experience moment by moment, but it doesn't but I have could, that. Yeah, give me half hour more and I'd be probably screaming in frustration but, at it and not have enough to yeah. want to come back. I've, I think it's their first game. Yeah, yeah, and they're making another game in a, with a similar art style, and I'd definitely be interested in checking out what they do next because there's a lot of promise there. Yeah, definitely. I just like a said. bit more to it than just the yeah. fighting. Yeah, but if it's out, you know, some some people will hear us say that and go, "Actually, I really that's cool." It. I've I've read lots of reviews where they've gone, "This thing is six out of ten or three stars or whatever," and I've gone, "Yeah, but I'll like that." Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always useful. Yeah. Cool, so that's Gloom. Now, the last game, and the game we played earlier today and recorded a, a little playthrough for for you. So, before we move on, Aaron. Yes. I thought that we could just, in honour of the 89th ever Critical Twist. Critical Twist? <laughs> and shout. Um, the Critical Twist Gaming Podcast number 89. Mm. I thought I would ask you um, what your favourite fact is about the number 89. I know it's an interstate... <laughs> A what? An interstate road. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I told you that one earlier, mate. You did tell me that one, but it's the only thing I know about the number 89. And so it's now instantly my favourite. So, if if you like Interstate 89, where does it run from and to? Obviously, it depends where you're driving. Yeah, exactly. And what does it matter? It's all about the journey on these roads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know anything else? Can you make a guess about the number 89? Um... It's a long-lived favourite of bingo callers. Is it? I don't know. What is the bingo call for 89? Is it just 89, 8 and 9, 89? Nah, there's always some some rhyme with it. Um, 89, almost, back in time. It's almost there, 89, because the uh, bingo ends at 90, because uh, you die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why bingo callers love it. Yes. Finally, the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was dark. It's dark. It suits it. Um, I'll just uh, I'll just tell you some some short facts. You'll kick yourself. <laughs> so it's a prime number. Okay. Yeah. Which number prime number do you think it is? Oh, I've no idea. I can't remember how to work it's out. Twenty fourth prime number, mate. Okay. Um, it's a Chen prime and a Pythagorean prime, and it is a Sophie Germain prime, the smallest <laughs> Sophie Germain prime to start a Cunningham chain. Was <laughs> the first kind of six terms is that a cult or a political party i can't tell it's um it's also an einstein prime it has no imaginary part 
and the real part of the form of 3n minus 1 which you can now explain to people if they're you know if they don't know mathematics math, uh, mathematicians like to take the piss yeah I don't have no idea um, and neither do they it's so a it's Fibonacci number oh I like so what Fibonacci. does that what does that ultimately mean given all they, the information we've had it's circular <laughs> It's a Fibonacci prime, Aaron. Come on. <laughs> it's a prime and it's Fibonacci. Oh. Well, no, part of the, the Fibonacci sequence is that sequence is supposed to be able to see in all mm. natural things in some form, normally in sort of circular motions and yeah. ever-increasing circle. Mm. The first few digits of its reciprocal coincide with the Fibonacci sequence. What? Yeah, you heard. The eight and nine are part of the uh, Fibonacci sequence from that? I don't yeah. know. And it's also a Markov number. It's not, however... A Lykrell number in base 10. Good to know. But it is unusual that it takes 24 iterations of the reverse and add process to reach a palindrome. I'm really glad I didn't do maths at university now for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what any of that means. It's gibberish, isn't it? What's the 89 element in the periodic table? Uh, or the one with atomic number 89? Plutonium. Um, actinium. Oh, of course. Oh. So close. So close, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's only like three columns off or something. Um, I'm pretty much done. Cool. <laughs> ah, do you know the board game Blockus? I do not know. Um, it's about blocks. Cool. I've, play I I've played it. I don't think you were there. No. It's that one. I'm showing Aaron a picture of Blockus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you, where you have to place blocks yes. on a board and they intersect. It's quite good. Um, there are 89... <laughs> Uh, units of each colour in the board game blockers. Okay. There we go. It's also the phone number of the French department Yon. Who deal with Yons? No, it's not. It's not. It, I don't even know what French department was. <laughs> it's an administrative division. Now, say what you like. You don't get shit like this on the other boys' podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, we move on to the deed. <laughs> Something I've been contemplating the last few minutes. <laughs> What's the deed, Aaron? I've explained the last two, cutting you cruelly out of your fame on the internet. That's fine. Um, I'll just cut you out because I'm the editor. Um, and then we'll have no podcast because oh. I don't do anything. <laughs> um, the deed is a kind of choose-your-own-adventure slash RPG. Yeah, it was made in R RPG Maker. Yes, yeah. By Pilgrim Adventures... Grab the Games and published by Grab the Games and Whisper Games. Yes. Shall I do the same joke I did earlier? No, because no. they, they can listen to it when they watch real playthrough, which yes. is well worth it because there's some quality voice acting in there I and some hideous sexism. Yeah, well, that was mostly the game. We'll blame the game. Yeah, actually, the, um, that will be a point I want to bring up a little bit later. Yeah. But So it's set in 1945. Yes, November 1945, well to be specific. Well done, well done. In Scotland. In Scotland. Even better. We didn't do any Scottish accents. I know. I, th I, I, I feared offending people. I can't do a Scottish accent, which is why I didn't go for a Scottish accent. I can, but I fear I can in I can offensively yes. rather than yeah. actually do it. You can upset everyone with yeah. trying. Um, and you have Aaron. So you got to be Aaron. Aaron. I did. Yes. Aaron Bruce. Aaron Bruce. Yes, yeah. which sounds Australian, not Scottish. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> um, so you Put another loved one on the Barbie. <laughs> you are travelling back to your family home to celebrate your father's fiftieth birthday. Yes, um, but you want the inheritance, 
and there's only one thing in the way of your inheritance, your sister. Who is bonkers in your eyes. Yes. So, you're going to commit the deed and murder her and frame yes. somebody else for it on the night. And thus you can inherit Dunshield House. Yes. And not her. Yeah. So, you um, spend the game talking to the Denzins of the house. Yeah, so you've got your, your father, your mother, your sister and two servants. Yes. George the butler. Yes. And Sophia, the heavily put upon maid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depending on, choices depending on what choices you make now the game is made in RPG Maker yeah. so it's kind of an isometric point of view mm-hmm. uh, sort of pixel art graphics it, was all, it looked alright yeah, yeah. it wasn't stunning but it, it got did a little, the job. little flash of nostalgia again we talked a lot about how indie games are mining the gaming experiences of the past because mm. they're much easier to replicate now Yeah. Um, and yeah the game is all about you have these conversations with people you are looking to pick up two items. What appears to be a murder weapon Mm -hmm. and something to put somewhere to frame someone for the murder of your sister. Yes. As you go, you make these choices. You have choices in the conversations. You have generally three choices. You kind of have a slightly outrageous one, um, an aggressive one and a passive one. Yeah. Kind of seem to be your options. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, you, you kind of poot around the house until you picked up a couple of things. Yeah. Then you have dinner. have dinner and you make some conversational choices there. Then you get to decide what you're going to put where to frame someone. And then you go and murder your sister. Yes. Uh, which quite thankfully takes place off screen. Yeah. It kind of goes black and it <laughs> tells you. Um, now, the thing I liked about this game and what first drew me to it is it costs 49p on Steam. Yay! It's well cheap. Yes. Um, and that's a good thing, I think, because yeah. I mean, we talked about three ninety nine for Morph Girl. Mm-hmm. This actually took us about fifty minutes to play through. Yeah. Again, talking voice acting each bit, so yeah, it takes so, a bit longer doing that. Yeah, I think the average sort of time for someone to play through it's about half an hour without outrageous act- acting and discussion. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of those games I liked playing with you. I played playing with someone there because mm-hmm. we could kind of talk about the the choices. The options, yeah, I'm uh, not sure I'd sit and play it on my own. No, um, not inherently. Again, these things can be more fun when you're yeah. debating these it's bits. It's like watching a film with a friend, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a diff- very different experience to sitting down and watching something yourself. Unless yeah. you're very serious about your cinema. Yes. Well, it's like watching a bad movie. Doing that on your own can be a bit dull. Doing it with a friend that you can point and laugh at things about. Yeah, that's more fun. Yeah. And while well, not to compare this to a bad movie, it's 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 a good game. I enjoy, massively enjoyed it, but it's improved by with having an audience. Yeah. Now looking through, they've done quite a lot of different games, hmm. including The Deed Dynasty. Ooh. Which is ooh, interesting. Now, it's going to spoil it potentially, but I enjoyed The Deed enough that The Dynasty costs 199 pennies, cool. not 49, and I would quite happily buy that and play it. Cool. Don't know if it's going to be any longer. To be honest, I'd be happy with two quid for an hour's entertainment. Yeah. I'm obviously a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It was quite dark. Yeah. Um, so you're not just... You're not just walking around talking to people. There are certain places and items and things that you can sort of walk up to and investigate. Mm-hmm. That will trigger flashbacks. Yeah. You get a sense of what Aaron and Jennifer 
were like as children and what their childhood was like. Yes. What their mother was like when mm. they were younger mm -hmm. and what their father was like. And their father is not a nice man. No. And I did feel a bit sorry for, for our main character, even though he, he turned up with the desire to murder his sister. Yeah. I did feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah. I don't think the sister did enough to deserve being killed. Not that really anyone deserves being no, killed. Um, in the confines of a story, sometimes you can justify... You can feel like you want that person. You're like, that person should be dead. But yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. not real. real. Real life is a bit trickier than that. <laughs> yeah. But... Don't murder your siblings is probably... Really the... didn't like the dad. No, no, no. He just seemed... So... Just, he was just an abusive, aggressive ass yes yeah yeah so i quite liked i quite liked the characterization in the sense that you know there was a bit of complexity to it yeah it was interesting i enjoyed bits of the gameplay yes um it, it's fairly contained you've got a house with a dozen rooms or so to wander about and probably about as many items yeah there's probably that many items kicking around that you can pick up and do something with do things with and it has different endings depending on what you do where, yeah. how you talk to people, yes. and what you say at the end. Because once you're once you've had dinner and then planted your evidence and murdered your sister, you will be interviewed by Ed Screen, <laughs> or rather, a pixelated man who has the face of Ed Screen, yeah. uh, most most known for his turn. As the original Dario Naharis on Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, before he changed and got less interesting. Yeah, um, and he's also he quit that to do some big film, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. can't what it was now. He also turned down a, a role recently. Bit bit of Ed Screen trivia for you. Um, I'm probably even saying his name wrong. Hellboy. Yeah, one? playing an, a character that was originally Asian, saying yes. this character should be Asian. I, I won't take the role. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, he seems like good people. Yeah. And he has that kind of no hair, chiselled kind of sharp features. He looks like he looks like they cloned Jason Statham and then injected it with protein. <laughs> That's yeah. what he looks like. Um, <laughs> but he turned up as a Cockney. Yes. Which I think would be within his acting range. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a bit woo and a bit way, actually. In, yeah, yeah. In Game of Thrones, wasn't he? Yeah. It's a bit rough. I'm sure that's why she liked him. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got this um, We've got this kind of conceit of trying to get away with murder. Mm. And lots of different ways to do it. Lots of different people you could potentially frame. Yeah. We decided <laughs> yeah. to take our sister's underwear from her drawer. Yeah. So we took her drawers from her drawers um, and we hid it in the groundskeeper's um, room. Yeah. And that was enough to cast suspicion upon him. Yes. However, what was our mistake, Aaron? Um, being a hideous misogynist. Yeah. Um, oh. Now, in the context of the playthrough and things, it was quite funny because... The Probably the way we were voice acting it and stuff. I don't yeah. inherently think that was necessarily what the choice was meant to be because they were quite. Jesus, this is a bit. There's some harsh. I mean, we almost had a fist fight with our father. Yep. We really? hit repeatedly upon the maid, and she was very uncomfortable, possibly because she was involved in some kind of something with 
the sister. Yes. At least it definitely it was clear that, that our sister had a crush on her, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. This is something we completely forgot to say about Morph Girl. Mm. Um, but Morph Girl, it's a woman and her wife. Yeah. Good? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. I, I, I like stuff that gives me different perspectives on things. Yes. Um, and yeah. is just not. You know, the story would have worked just as well with man meets woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, but it felt equally as genuine. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that Japanese horror actually has female monsters and mm. female protagonists. Yes. It's kind of linked it together and then linked them romantically and made it more complex in that way. Yeah. I think it was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. And this, again, this had that as a... Sort of a subplot. In there, now the yeah. sister is quite quite obviously barking mad, bless her. Yeah, um, that's probably not as inclusive as it could have been as a phrase. No, she's 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 not well. No, um, you know I say this as someone who's mad as fuck anyway, so I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> um, but you know, it, is that some kind of? It's 1945. Is mm-hmm. that some kind of repression? Is there? You know, these yeah. themes coming together. I quite like. Yeah, the, the, it's quite interesting. There's some complexities to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it seemed like George the Butler had a thing for Sophia the Maid. Yes. So therefore it was kind of like, okay, we can kind of pin it on him. He got upset when we hit on the maid. Yes. That's what... In in fairness, I think anybody in their right mind would have been upset for the things we said to the maid. I was upset by some of the things that that the character in the game said to the maid. (laughs) Um, It was was interesting. Hmm. Um, to have these different these different choices, I think what the game kind of want it, it, to get away with murder. Maybe you've got to go in and be really kind of peaceful and a changed man. But then maybe that that might be too suspicious. Yes, because your character has a history of not getting on with with father. Yeah. You haven't been home for years, um, etc. etc. Yeah, so it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, so, and it, it felt like there was a nice little potentially complex little puzzle for working out an efficient route for actually getting away with murder yeah it it is a puzzle yeah I mean it's an RPG in the sense that you're playing the character and you're choosing what they say and what they do but it's a puzzle in working out if I say these things and appear this way and I put this thing here to frame so and so because I then murdered my sister this way yeah and do I tell the investigator the actual conversation I had or do I lie and say they were making it up yeah because like we couldn't say we didn't Hit on, hit on the maid. maid in the pan in the front room. Yeah, because we'd done that with the witness of the butler. Yes, and we couldn't lie about dinner because everyone was there. Yeah, so we kind of had to go. Well, okay, that's, that's the choices we made. Yeah, because didn't we ask? Didn't we ask if we could? Why we weren't allowed to have any of the maid's uh, delicious buns? Yes. Yeah, oh, which Jesus was a bit Christ. creepy. Yeah, Not sure if it quite fits 1945. No, no, there was. Yeah, that's what I mean. Those bits sort of I couldn't tell if were written just for comedic value. It was. It was actually quite a funny game for something that's essentially uh, let's murder our sister simulator. It was some some humour in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe we were deliberately picking those options just to be entertaining. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think. I don't think having played through, I feel I would feel normally comfortable enough to pick those options. Yeah. For the sake of pointing and laughing at them. Yeah. Yeah. But would you pay forty nine p for this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not even a coffee. It's it's a less than a loaf of bread these days. I sound so old. But yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
But it it managed to contain Pint atmosphere. Milk, fifty p on its own. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, unless I you leave the milk on the side, you haven't got this kind of dark, steamy atmosphere from it. Yeah. So if you're lactose intolerant, don't buy milk. Buy this instead. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So that that's our definite verdict then. <laughs> um, I'd quite like to play this again. Mm. Unlike Morph Girl, where I'm like, that's the thing that happened, and I'm done. That's yes. my story. Because this is a puzzle, I, well, I want to try and solve the puzzle and get away with the murder. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I also want to see what happens if I do something like really weird, like hide her pants in Dad's room and use Dad's shotgun to kill her, <laughs> like beat her to death with the <gasps> beat her to death with Dad's beating stick thing. Yeah, it was a torse. Torse, yes. I'm gonna look that up. It's it's a horse crop. Yeah, a torse for horse. A, torse a horse, for horse torse. Horse, yeah, of course, yeah. Horse torse, of course, of course, <laughs> a horse torse. And this is why they had to speak posh. Ooh, so it says here it's a thong with a slit end. Don't most crotchless panties. <laughs> um, to, no wonder, no wonder Aaron got so messed up if Dad used to beat him up with crotchless panties. Um, it's a thong with a slit end, formerly used in schools for punishing ch- uh, children. Um, feel free to look it up. T a w s e. Here's one, Aaron. Have a quick peek over over the table. Ooh. Yeah, okay, fair enough. What I quite like the evolution of the podcast is that we used to get three of us round a tiny table, and now we have two of us at a massive table. Yes. Um, there's a great visual joke that we'll never be able to <laughs> share with you. It's kind of like, you know, as the podcasting riches roll in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all those flumps. <laughs> Thousands of flumps. We, 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 we've not made it that many flumps for in the entire time we've been doing it. We're coming up for episode 100, mate. Maybe it's time to give in. I don't know. Um, no, we, need to, we need to get to the point where we can cash out and buy a giant box of flumps. Yes. To remember the podcast by. But yeah, I, I, I got a bit maudlin. Um, I enjoyed the deed. I think it's really good. I'm going to buy the second one and probably force Aaron to play it with me next week and then we'll put that up as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, I kind of hope there's less of the really pervy options because mm. I don't know it fitted with the character but... you, you immediately know you're playing a terrible person when the first bit of dialogue is essentially they're going to take my house away so I'm going to go and kill my sister that's yeah. the intro to the game yeah so I didn't feel bad for clicking because it's like well, this guy's oh, yeah. a dick yeah yeah it fitted but uh, they, they also felt like they were written in a comedic style and I'm not entirely sure they were actually funny I know we played them as funny because they were quite I funny think, in the context of what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, but. like the butler got really annoyed, and and the yeah, ones, yeah. The, the, the 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 dialogue from the maid especially was was very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. And you know, it made and, me feel bad about choosing those yeah, options. Yeah. So you I don't get pulled think up it was. On it. Yeah, and you get pulled up on it, and it is used against you. Yeah. Which is good. Um, you know, maybe a sign of the times and the power dynamic, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. That kind I think of so. thing. Um. But yeah, I mean, it could be uncomfortable for people, I think, actually. Yeah. So, But you don't have to choose those options. No, you no. You don't no. have to click on those. No. If you don't want to, you kind of be you kind of be fine. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. We did accuse George of looking down our mother's top as well. Yes. Yeah. There's some, there's Which some... I don't think, sitting at a table in 1945, you go, you're staring at mother's breasts. <laughs> and my sister's too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, shut up, Aaron. I don't know if you're shit. <laughs> that was quite funny. 
Um, yeah, essentially, I don't mind stuff where it's a bunch of terrible people doing terrible things to each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Like, well, they all, they all, all spoiler. Um, <laughs> not allowed to watch it anymore. <laughs> it's tainted. Um, it's, they're all terrible people. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what happens to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Mr. Pink, <laughs> who, that makes me sad, but... You know, it's like, okay, Steve Buscemi was quite nice to him and it was okay. Yeah. But also, you know, he got shot in the face and it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi? No, Steve Buscemi survived. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Uh, Broken screen. Oh, no, he gets shot shot outside, doesn't he? Yeah, he he doesn't die on screen, so you don't know whether he gets away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, sorry... Mr. Orange, oh fuck me! It's been so long since <laughs> of our dogs. Uh, Mr. Orange is the good guy because he's the undercover cop, right? Uh, although he does do something a bit dodgy, doesn't he? Shoot someone. Or yeah. Um, but yeah, Mr. Pink is the one that escapes Steve Buscemi, the semi, the tooth guy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Glad we're going with yeah. me on that. Gave me a really horrible look. So yeah. Um, so that's that's three games we played recently, and that you can watch on our YouTube channel. Mm. So if any of those have tickled your fancy, um, head on over to YouTube and check them out. Or if you're already on YouTube watching a podcast, you know you weirdo, um, <laughs> the links will be up in the top right hand corner. As long as we remember to put them in, sometimes I forget. Unless Aaron tells me to put them in, I don't do them. No. Um, <laughs> I forget to tell him quite a lot. <laughs> just for the last couple minutes, then. Just going back into games we haven't played recently. Mm. If anyone wants a spooky treat this Halloween, uh, mm. what's your favourite horror game? Mm. I oh, I don't know. Caught if, you unawares, haven't I? Yeah, a little bit. I'm trying to think because I don't generally most of the games that other people consider horror. I don't. Okay. Got blood and guts and gore. I don't necessarily consider horror. Not, they don't creep you out. No, not, no. not normally. With exception, of, I like in a horror game. Yes, although generally. I can find it unbearable and stop playing. Like Amnesia, I can't play because I just get too like ah. Yeah, yeah. I love horror stuff because yeah. it affects me. I know lots of people that like horror and it doesn't bother them at all. Yeah, um, and I, I can enjoy that kind of blood and guts and gore, but I'm yeah. more for the psychological based horror stuff. I think my favourite horror game though. And it borders on being kind of B-movie rather than horror sometimes. The, the two go hand in hand. Yeah, sometimes. A Parasite Eve. As a film? No. As, oh, you, oh, you oh, want no, a film? No, 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 shut up, Brian. Yeah. Um, it is Parasite, a film as well. Parasite Eve, yes. I had Parasite Eve on my chipped PlayStation 1 because it never came out over here. So nope. I had to... This was you still can't get it Pre-eBay and... Not, and well, mm. and amazon being able to order stuff yeah, so yeah. easily online so you, um i had to get a dodgy copy of it there's only way i could get hold of it it well, even if you got hold of it, a copy from america legitimately you had to have a chip playstation player yeah yeah so, so i had a copied version of something yeah. that someone had imported and, and yeah yeah and done. I, i've tried to buy legitimate copies but i can't buy it even yeah. now on playstation store but yeah, yeah yeah i had that as well so it's sort of slightly b movie but horror um, action RPG almost yeah I learned a lot about mitochondria and yes. how DNA works in cells which yeah. is mildly accurate yeah um, a lot of the stuff scientifically wise does actually fit and yeah. work the my- based on a novel yes which was then turned into a film 
a film which and I've a, got and a game is the film any good the, the film no. is <laughs> it's not awful but it's very cheesy it is very it is very B-movie yeah um, but they reference it in the game okay cool well it's kind of the book the, the reference to the book slash movie in the game so yeah, the stuff okay. that happens in that is the prequel to the actual game itself cool but um, yeah I played it I, I, I don't remember being particularly scared because it's like whenever things get a bit scary it becomes a JRPG and it's not yeah potentially this, you can um, fight so. it off and things but yeah no I found found the idea of having this part of you that exists within you in a symbiotic relationship because that's what your mitochondria are they are a separate they have separate DNA too they are a separate entity in your cells Jesus I feel suddenly less secure in my personhood. Yeah, that you can't you, you can't produce energy without they they convert the stuff that you consume into adrenotriphosphate. So, which is what powers the rest so of your when cells. When I was like two and a half stone overweight, it was my mitochondria's fault for being lazy bastards. Yes, yeah, but you can't control them because of their own thing. Well, and it, it kind of frightened me the idea of them deciding that they want to be in charge instead of the nucleus. Yeah. I found that a little disturbing kind on, like on a principle. Cancer metaphor, almost. It was. You yeah, know, your own body turning against you. Yeah, and the monsters were very tumor-like as they grew and morphed out. Yeah. So yeah, I found that unnerving. I wouldn't necessarily say horrific at yeah. times, but it was definitely a horror horror feeling to it. But it was. It's a, a good suggestion. I quite like that suggestion. Hmm. I mean, my favourite horror game ever, which we've talked about loads on the podcast is Silent Hill. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So I won't I won't get horribly into into Silent Hill. Um, if we have space ping, go look at <laughs> go look at, at Silent Hill. Tell you that I'll tell you a game that isn't marketed as horror. We're talking about the difference between like the supernatural and creepy things and ghosts yeah. and the mundane horror. Mm. So the most disturbing, horrifying game I've played to the point where I played it once and stopped and never played it again, and it's designed to be played multiple mm-hmm. times, is This War of Mine. Mm, yeah. Which is set during a real-life conflict. I think it's Sarajevo, but I will check. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Because uh, it's been a little while. Um, yeah, it's the 1992 to 1995 Siege of Sarajevo. Mm. Um Although I'm not sure if it's definitely the same. But no, it's, it's, yeah, it's... It's a fictional city of Pagoran in Graznavia, yeah. but it's inspired by the siege of Sarajevo. Yeah, yeah. And actually, seeing the images and stuff from Sarajevo mm. was a big thing growing up for me. I was yeah. sort of 8 to 11 during the time of that. Um, <clears throat> but you play, you play a group of survivors mm. who are trying to survive when the city they live in is overcome by civil war Um, and some of the choices you have to make in that are horrible Mm -hmm. Um, you are scrimping around for food characters can become depressed Mm -hmm. and it's designed that you kind of you play it and then you play it again and it's slightly randomized each time slightly different things happen and there's lots of different endings and i mean my ending was just bleak as fuck yeah yeah all my characters went to sleep didn't wake up some some people just left someone died they got infected and died yeah um because they got shot while they were out doing something they got sick um it was just horrible just yeah a really horrible game yes yeah, yeah um and i don't mean that against it but if you want something that's will properly fuck your shit up yeah yeah um 
go for that. It's not woo jump scares. It's it's more it's, it's, real well, it's bleak. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it was a valuable game to play. Mm. Um, you get a completely different perspective on life, and you. Sp- I, I spent a couple of days kind of walking around, going, "All of this could crumble at any moment." Yeah. Which the only other time I get, I've had that feeling is reading J.G. Ballard's novels. Yeah. Where real life just gets completely screwed, and people go mad, or mm. like social structures just get destroyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you want some proper horror from maybe something that. If you're a horror fan, you wouldn't necessarily pick yeah, up. Yeah, um, I go with uh, I go with that. Equally on that note, if you want to play something that makes you horrified at yourself, okay, Papers Please. Oh yes, Papers Please is yeah. uh, is definitely a a horror game yeah. uh, in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It just that game forces you to choose between being an awful, awful human being and letting your family die on multiple occasions on whether to work for the state in order to just survive or actually trying to let people through at risks to people other than yourself. Yeah. 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 So you you play a border guard and a fictional... I always think Eastern European... Yeah, it's just setting um, up, again, a fictional border between two... Yeah. Sort of an Eastern Bloc type thing and... A communist state kind kind of place. And... Yeah, they've only just opened up the board, the borders, and your job is to ask papers, please, and check everyone that comes through the yeah. border, and then all sorts of terrible, terrible things can happen. Yes. Um, yeah, I find that a really tough game to play as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Something I play, and I'll play loads. Of, I'll play it for ages when I'm playing it. Yeah. And then when I step away, it's like, I can't bring myself to go back to it. Not because it's a bad game or I haven't enjoyed it, but because I don't like the choices. Have you ever got a good made. ending? Because it's, it's one of those games with lots of endings. Yeah, yeah. never reached the end and had a happy ending. No. It is possible. I've seen it done. Yes, yeah. You, um, can, you can do the right mix of things and yeah. help the right people. Again, it's one of those games that makes you think about things. Because you've got a family. Yeah. You know, you've got a wife and a child and parents that live with you as well. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. And you're kind of, okay, <laughs> I could help this person who's obviously in distress. Yeah but that risks me. And you can make mistakes because you're playing against a clock and against a timer and yeah. you're working too hard. Um, and it does simulate that kind of that, that drudgery mm-hmm. and then that every time you either say yes or no, you kind of get that. Yeah. And you're making a real impact on somebody's life. Yeah. You, you can have people falsely arrested. Yeah. By, yeah, by yeah. choice or by accident. I've done it by yeah. accident so many occasions because yeah. you have people come in looking to commit a sort of terror bombing I'm going to say terrorist bombing because that's the wrong wording for it because they're, they're, they're terrorists but it depends on your perspective well yeah they're, they're trying to fight the government yeah. that you work for um, yeah. so they can come in and blow the place up but they'll try and blow your checkpoint up which will kill you potentially yeah but you've got scanners and things so you can have it slammed down and arrest whoever's in there but you can misread the x-ray of somebody coming in and they can be completely innocent and you get them dragged off and shot out in the street. Yeah, you can get people arrested for a spelling mistake. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible, horrible yeah. things you can you can do just like, I'm doing yeah. my job and it's not good enough. It yeah. really emphasise that, it's, that's not good enough. Yeah. So yeah, there's some, there's some brutal games for you. Yeah. Um, two minutes again. Um, horror books... Do you, have a, do you read much horror, Aaron? 
I have in the past. I don't think I can really say I've got anything that really has massively stuck with me. No? No, I don't think so. It's been a long while since I've read for pleasure, though, to be honest. The last horror I read was Hex. Oh, right, yeah, by that guy. I can't remember his name. It's it's because it's a, a tricky name for us, us English people. Yes, because it was a Dutch novel originally, and he adapted it for um, sort of America. America, yeah. So rather than translating it, he kind of... Rewrote it. Rewrote it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas Older Hoyvelt. Thomas Older Hoyvelt. Yeah. Yeah, Hex. Um, which is all about a haunted town, basically. Yes. Uh, and the spirit of a, an evil witch that... Hmm. Everyone can see, but pretends not to. Yes. Yeah. And tries to keep it hidden from anybody outside of the town. Yes. Using various pieces of technology. And and, and also, like, putting blankets. a tablecloth over it. Yeah. 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 Um, but, I, yeah, no, I found that creepy in places. That got really... Uh, it felt kind of a lost Stephen King novel yeah. in places. Yeah. And um, it had, you know, that small town life, mm-hmm. um, multiple points of view. Um and then it just got really, really dark and horrible at the end. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I wonder if he's... Uh, has he done anything else? I don't know. I keep meaning to look up. Ooh. Yeah, because... They've bought film and television rights, so... It oh, so I'm not surprised. That... Well, that could be quite... It would work yeah. quite well as a TV series. Probably not as a film. It needs it needs the length to build up to things, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh I agree with that. My a book I read not that recently actually, but has just been turned into a film mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to go and see because I don't have anyone to go and watch horror films with me. I'm a sad <laughs> and lonely man. Um, is the Ritual by Adam Neville? Mm. Um, the Ritual is all about a group of friends from sort of university who meet back up as uh, as older and wiser adults. Yeah. And go for a trek through Swedish forests, um, like a camping trip. Yeah. And they fall out, they get lost, and fucking terrible things happen. Nice. And it's one of the most gripping novels I've ever read. I think I read the whole thing in a night. Yeah. Yeah, start to finish. And it's quite a hefty book. I was like racing through it. Couldn't put it down. Yeah. Um, And it has, it's very much a novel of, two parts you think you know where it's going and Mm. then there's a twist and it changes and the situation becomes very different um it almost has kind of like two peaks yeah if you like very much two acts to it um it's very very good Mm. um adam neville writes very very good books yeah yeah um and this is probably a lot of what he does is very psychological Mm. this is probably the most overtly kind of action packed and gory if you like of his novels um so it's less it's more in your face Mm. but there's still a lot of psychological tension and and fear throughout it cool um it's very very good Mm, that's a lot actually borrow it cool (laughs) (laughs) um so last one then film film okay so people can complete the trifecta of entertainment Book, games, films. Um, I've got two. One I've just watched that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, that I think of people's watch. And one really old one that is still one of my favourite films. Yeah. Okay, go, go, for, go for both. It's go fine. For both. I'll go for the old one first. Keep people on the t- ten hooks. Yeah. Uh, the Cube. Oh, Cube. Yeah. Is it just Cube or is it The Cube? I think it's The Cube because it is... The Cube. The Cube, yeah. Is it about... A, a Cube. Oxo. 
Yes, yeah. Um, horrific decks. gravy accidents. It's uh, just filled with uh, put lap pourings and facial splasherings. It, is it just, just Cube? Cube. It's okay. just Cube, yeah. Fair enough. Um, the Cube is a game show. Uh, oh, okay. Hosted by Philip Schofield. It's probably. For, e- for six years! That's equally as horrific. I never fucking watched that. No. Right. Um, no, but yeah, Cube's really good. <laughs> uh, kind of uh, sci fi psychological horror. Yeah. With a little bit of gore. It's 20 years old this year. It is. And I found out today from somebody I work with um, mm. that they blew almost their entire budget on the intro sequence. Really? Yeah, on that very first scene, um, they, their budget had pretty disappeared. Uh, <laughs> so they had to be very clever with the rest of it. But it works. You don't feel that at all. It doesn't yeah. feel like the whole budget has disappeared straight away. But it's a very condensed... Again, it's that psychological horror. Yeah. Um, it's not about what's going on for them it's what's going on with them as characters I really enjoyed that yeah I just I just wondered what the director had gone on to do because it's very much a low budget indie film Mm. about some people who are locked in a cube where the box is inside the it's like a Rubik's cube if you like and the bits move around and they're trying to find their way out and you've got a mismatched cast like the Breakfast Club of Horror yes who all seem to have been kidnapped they've all yeah they've all just all woken the up yeah um and some of the rooms are trapped and will kill them kill in various them. horrible horrible ways yeah um and some of them are safe yeah that's the fun of it <laughs> um yeah i really i really like the key i haven't watched it in years i might have to yeah i'm feeling like i need to rewatch it again cool what's your what's your new one um it follows does it yes it does it's second yes what's it called it follows. <laughs> 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 a terrible sketch. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched Four it candles. two days ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, late at night, and it made me so nervous I couldn't go for a wee without leaving the bathroom door open. That's not what. That's not what you're like normally, is it? You don't really no, get that. No, generally not. me. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a big wimp when it comes to these things. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, I'll, I'll jump at jump scares in films, but they won't last with me. Yeah, and jump- I don't like jump scares. They bore me. I. I a jump scare in a film is fine. Yeah, yeah, if it's done Lots for the right reasons. Lots of jump reasons. scares like, annoys me because I, because I get really absorbed into what I'm doing. If yeah. I'm really into a film or a TV show, I get really into it. Yes. Jump scares break that for me. Yeah. It follows as none of... No, nothing like that. Oh, cool. It has, has moments of panic. Yeah. But it's not based around jump scares because the main ghost thing in the film, and this won't spoil anything, Yeah. will just walk towards its victim okay there it, is, it there, just follows it, you yeah it just follows constantly but it never stops so if you go to sleep it's still following Does it just walk after you kind yeah. of thing yeah no, yeah potentially yeah <laughs> but it will still carry on coming after you doesn't matter how far you get it will keep coming and it won't stop I suppose if it, if it secretly managed to get on the plane yes yeah, you're stuck yeah. in a plane and then you, you can only run to one end or the other you yeah. can't really do that you can't get away yeah um <laughs> And hopefully I'm not spoiling anything in the film. <laughs> um, but it's it's also sexually transmitted. So if oh, you, okay. Um, That's always a big thing in horror, isn't it? A lot of horror is surprisingly conservative in the, you know the old tropes of yeah. The, the slut gets murdered first. If you yeah, have sex, yeah. you die. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's the virgin that survives. Yeah. Um, it's actually I dislike about horror. Yeah, generally this this seems to be more about sort of safe sex <laughs> implications. Oh, okay, a little bit. It doesn't really mention sort of using prophylactics or anything. But it's kind of, <laughs> it implies that kind of STD is a what, what a curiously old fashioned word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it's all very very psychological build up to it. Yeah. There's tension throughout the whole movie, um, and just 
the cinematography is in it is stunning. Yeah. Uh, there, there are there are a handful of scenes throughout the film where it might be pointing at the ghost. It might just be a random shot to set the scene. Yeah. But you start suspecting everything around the characters yeah. as the characters start to do. And it's, yeah, again, psychological a lot more. Excellent. Yeah. That sounds good. I will have to watch. Is it? You said it was on Netflix. It is on Netflix, yes. At least in the UK. Yes. It can, your mileage may vary. <laughs> um, your, Go, your recommendation then? My recommendation. Guess my recommendation. You know you know my taste in films. I'm going to recommend one film. One film. It's my favourite horror film ever. And probably one of my favourite... Probably my favourite film. I think this is going to be something you've mentioned to me, but I yeah. can't remember the name of. Yeah. But it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's not It's not American-made either, I don't No, think. no, it's not American. No. It's like 20 questions. <laughs> um, um, it is smaller it's... than a bread box. <laughs> <laughs> and it is mineral oh, or animal or vegetable I cannot remember but I know it's something you've showed Colin and he, he's yes, gone this is fuck the... me I don't want to watch this anymore Yeah, and that's saying a lot from the man who feels no emotion yeah Colin is dead inside um, and, and this made him feel something and if you go back and listen to sort of the first 15-20 podcasts you'll, you'll that will come across because he was he was a twit yeah. uh, for a long time and the film I'm talking about is the French film Martyrs now it was remade mm-hmm. in the last few years in America. I have not watched the remake. I'm not averse to remakes. I'm not one of these purists that gets mm-hmm. upset by these things, you know, because if the remake is rubbish, the first one still exists. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. The only thing it might do is make conversations like this slightly complicated for about five seconds. Yeah. Get over it, you know. It doesn't ruin anything. It doesn't change anything to have a different version of a thing yeah so like I love the original Japanese ring yeah. I quite like the American remake yeah of, of the ring and it's a completely different genre kind of yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's got it's a very more... different feel to yeah. it um, and that's fine you know they're different bits of, of work and I can yeah. kind of do that um, I like Game of Thrones the book and Game of Thrones the TV show even though they're very very different at this point in yes. time um, it's fine I won't watch the remake of Martyrs because I've heard bad things and I don't want to ruin the first one. And it's the only thing I've ever gone got precious about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to suggest um, it for a Twitflix episode, possibly. We could do, we could do. And then I'll, I'll suck it up. But I haven't rushed out to, to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go and see it and then I heard bad things and I was like, I don't want you to ruin my precious thing. Yeah. Um, so Martyrs is a, is a French horror film. And the French do amazing horror films. Oh, mm. They, they tend to be very violent, very bloody. Mm. Um, and Martyrs is in places, but that's not the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few films I've watched that I would say was genuinely upsetting. Okay. Not just horrifying mm. and scary, but like afterwards you kind of sat there going, I don't like people anymore. <laughs> Um, the only film that's done that worse for me mm. um, which is not a film I would ever recommend to anyone because it was so horrible yeah. and it genuinely it like upset my sleep pattern for a week and bothered me yeah, uh, and was actually traumatising what is the film Irreversible by Gaspar Noé oh yes um, which flashbacks <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it's it's told backwards and it has one of the most horrible scenes I've ever seen in the cinema. Uh-huh. Now, I don't hate that film, but I will never watch it again. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, Martyrs I will watch again and again, but it, it, it has a similar effect on yeah. me. Um, 
it starts off with a girl escaping captivity, having been tortured mm-hmm. quite horribly. It then flips to a very nice rural scene of a family having breakfast and joking about their son dating and what they're going to do for summer and all this kind of stuff. And then a girl turns up at the front door with a shotgun and murders them brutally. Lovely. From nowhere. Mm. Then another girl turns up. Then they start exploring the house. Then they find some terrible things. And then it just keeps... It just keeps... From that simple premise, it just keeps escalating. Like, if you watch a a crime film, they'll do a crime at the beginning and then a crime at the end or a crime in the middle and get away with it. Yeah. This just keeps adding layers and twists and more and more things to it. It just keeps piling up. Terrible yeah. things just keep happening. And the film kind of snakes. It's really hard to get a grip on. Mm. Like a normal horror film might be about a serial killer. And it's just about that. This just keeps, it's like, okay, so it was about this. Then it's about this. Then it's about this. And it all flows and it's all the same characters but it's just I just find it really sort of slippy to sort of grip plot wise. Yeah. It keeps moving out from under you. When you think you know what's going on, something will change. Hmm. And it has my favourite ending of any film ever. Maybe apart from The Mist. <laughs> but if anyone's seen The Mist, it has a very similar, very dark, very bleak ending. Hmm. And I just kind of sit there going, Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was horrible I will watch that again in a year when I've recovered <laughs> so if you like dark horror and it's it's full of it is scary and it is un- unpleasant yeah um, you know people like that uh, but it's one of my favourite films mm. uh, so Martyrs the original version I can't vouch for the second version yeah. I have it on good authority that it's not necessarily a bad film but it's just not as good as the original and loses some of kind of the I think for me it's the thematic elements and the deeper significance of what they Yeah. Of, of what they've done and how it's worked. It kind of it just messes with your head, man. Okay. And it and it messed Colin up and he's dead inside. So yeah. you know. It's it's definitely strong. Good. Obviously if you have a weak constitution for these things, don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Excellent. So that was the Critical Twits 89 mm. Horror Games for Halloween and some other bits and pieces as well if you want to creep yourself out. Yeah. If you have enjoyed it, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Podcast Addict, which is the app I personally use, yeah. like a bunch of other places as well. Yeah. Um, you can always uh, leave a like. It'd be amazing if you could leave a review for us where, if it's possible to wherever you are. We would love you forever. Yep. And hopefully, we'll catch you again soon. Mm. Thank you very much. I've been Brian Ennis. And I've been Aaron Rubinsky. Cue creepy music. (laughs) (laughs) I've ruined all the atmosphere, haven't I? (laughs)